NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is Eric Young. I am Greg Sussman. Welcome back, EY. Good to be here, boys. Back in uh, the good old United States of America. Quick detour through Saudi Arabia by way of uh, New York City. Uh, Was there yesterday. Didn't get to see you guys, but uh, had a really successful trip. Fantasy football trudging on. Bipocalypse is upon us. My head's going to explode trying to keep all my teams straight. Uh, yeah, just another day in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. You better do it now, Greg. You better do it. Bipocalypse, man. You're, you're going to the bipocalypse thing? Come on, Eli. You're better than that. We, uh, we have a different name on this show for bipocalypse, so you know, bud. Uh, well, first and foremost, Eli, I will give you a heads up that yesterday I led the show saying that this week was Bimageddon. And Greg Sussman did not Bye like that very much. Mm. So that's why I said, you better do it. Should Referring we... to, you better call out EY because I, I you called it. me out. I, I, I did it. Should I should we tell him what, we, what it's called? Sure, go ahead. So given that there are, of course, six teams on bye here this week, uh, this is called the bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Week number 10. I'm happy he just didn't get up and walk away. Eli looks like he was about to leave. I thought he was I just going to the headphones are going <laughs> close off. his computer. I'm done. done for the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great news. Eli is back in Nashville, not in New York City, which is not the great news, but home in America, away from Saudi Arabia, is fantastic news, because we, which means we get him back for the rest of the week. Frankie, how you doing, bud? I'm doing very well, Greg. Here on a hump day, it's also hashtag happy Stranger Things Day, Greg. 36 years ago today. Will Byers was kidnapped. No, he wasn't, because it's a TV show. No, that, that happened 36 years ago today, Greg. Oh, again, it's a TV show. I do this thing where the TV shows that I really get into, Greg, like, I, I really get into this. Clearly, man. Yeah, like, I'm just emotionally years invested. Years ago today, a character was when sent to the upside down. That's right. Nuts. So happy Stranger Things Day to you, Greg. So that's, like me, that's like me saying, like, like 30s. Like, uh, 20 years ago, Kane killed The Undertaker's mom. BS. Same thing. If you let a show off with that, I would love it. <laughs> You're a sick guy, man. 
I, it's not the first time I've been told that. No. All right. Um, Change of Things coming back at some point. Season four. At some point. Yeah, we got a little teaser, teaser trailer, teaser, whatever you want to call it. A teaser trailer a couple of weeks ago. Shout out to my Stranger Things fans out there. On the program today, we will let you know that you suck, and we know it, by taking, telling you who to take advantage of with the bye weeks upon us, as these guys have said. It's bye, 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 bye week. It's bye apocalypse, bye them again, whatever you want to call it. There's six teams on bye, which means that the teams that are really in the playoffs right now, not fighting for a spot, well, they're going to take advantage of some of the teams that are fighting with everything they got to get in there. And it's our time to make sure that you know exactly who you should be going after this week. We're also going to let you know on the program today about how much certain guys went for on the waiver wire in the Tuesday night waiver wire ads. Of course, there's another waiver wire ad tonight in a lot of leagues, so maybe you'll get an idea of how much you have to spend. Who are the highest higher price guys, and who are some of the guys that didn't go for as much as we thought? We'll explain all of that to you. But I want to begin... Uh, with a couple of injury notes, guys. We're going to talk more about this with Virginia Zakis tomorrow from Inside Injuries, who will join us. But let me start at the tight end position, EY, where there's like seven starting tight ends that you could feel good about putting out there. And after this week, there's, well, one less. As Evan Ingram has a midfoot sprain, he does not have a list frank sprain, which means it won't keep him out for the year. It will keep him out this Sunday. The Giants have a bye next week. They will reevaluate after that. How do you replace Evan Ingram? I mean, good luck. I mean, the, the tight end landscape this year and, and most years is an absolute wasteland. You're just going to have to throw a dart. I know we were going back and forth last week, and I was like, do I do Knox or do I do? You mean, it's just a, it's just a, a pile of steamy, steamy garbage. Um, the reality is, is just just pick a guy and hope that he scores a tight end. Uh, Zach Ertz finally had a decent game, a guy that was drafted super high. Kelsey hasn't done a whole lot. You know, it, it, it's a it's a dart throw uh, every single week. Um, you you could literally pick anyone, and you're either going to get, you know, zero to three points, or you're going to get 10 to 15 points. So good luck. It, that's my, my professional analysis is good luck. Evan Ingram's... Um... Obviously, direct backup is Red Ellison. We've talked about him before. In the game that Ellison started uh, against the New England Patriots earlier this season, Thursday Night Football, he had like three for 35, something along those lines. He will obviously step into the role this Sunday. Um, for Evan Ingram, the Giants, of course, take on the Jets. We saw what Mike Gusecki did against the Jets this past Sunday. Is Red Ellison someone that you consider, Frank? I think he is one of the tight ends that we can consider. They need to throw the ball to somebody. I don't know if Sterling Shepard is going to be back. He's seeing a concussion specialist today. And outside of Golden Tate, they have Darius Slayton. They've got to throw the ball to somebody. It probably means more targets for Saquon Barkley. But over the past three weeks, Evan Ingram has had at least five targets in each of those games. So I think Rhett Ellison is a decent tight end stream. Again, with six teams on a bye, the Jets defense not a good one. We just saw Mike Gusecki have a big game against him. I think, again, like we said yesterday, Gusecki, one of the top pickups. We could talk about how much money he went for last night in some waiver wire, some fab bids. But I still think Gusecki is ahead of Red Ellison. I like Jack Doyle ahead of Red Ellison. Jacob Hollister, I think, is an interesting name as well. I would take all three of those guys ahead of Red Ellison. But if you're in a deeper league and you really, really need somebody, then I do think that Ellison comes into play. We'll talk about Mike Gusecki and how much he went for on the waiver wire this week. We also have a couple more notes about Le'Veon Bell, A.J. Green, when we come back with Chubb. Stick around. More on the way.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Color bars there. Connections and issues with EY. We expect, we expect him to be back in just a couple seconds. Look at the logo up. Cover all the our bases right now. Yeah, sure. It's a beautiful logo. Nice. No problem with that. That look good. We'll try to get EY back on the show. Yeah. Reunited, and it feels so good. Hopefully, we're reunited. Oh, we're definitely reunited. He's like back in the country. It's a good. Thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's great. Great yeah. news. All right. So, mention Evan Ingram and his injury. We'll get to Mike Gusecki and how much he went for in a moment. But on the other side of this New York game, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, did not practice yesterday, although it wasn't real practice. It was a it was a Tuesday, so it doesn't really count. Um, but he will not practice today either. He won't practice today. They've already announced that. Okay, yeah. so later in the week is when you gotta see what matters here. Hi Montgomery went for a lot of money in, my, in my, on my waiver wire, but you were pointing out that he wasn't getting the most snaps behind Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Bilal Powell over the past two weeks has had more snaps and more touches overall. So I think he's kind of supplanting Ty Montgomery as that backup running back. Ty Montgomery, I believe I read something somewhere that he hurt his knee as well this past week in week nine. So we need, we're looking for the backup running back for the New York Jets. It might not matter. It might just be one of these situations like the Miami Dolphins where the team is so bad that we don't really care who the backup running back is, even if the starter gets hurt. Because, as we've seen, not even Le'Veon Bell can really have great value here. But if you want to cover your bases, if you are a Le'Veon Bell owner, I think Bilal Powell is actually the name to add, not Ty Montgomery right now. Very, very sneaky when it comes to Bilal Powell. We'll see if Le'Veon Bell, I'm not doing any, depending on how desperate I am, right? If I'm a Le'Veon Bell owner, I'm going to try to grab both of them if I can. I know it sucks to donate or dedicate three resources to the Jets' backfield. i got to make sure I get this one right. And I think later in the week we'll find out more clarity on the situation. Eric, the question becomes in regards to clarity on the situation in Cleveland, where if you've noticed, uh, Hilliard has played, uh, is it Rex Hilliard? Is that, is, that, is that who it is on Cleveland, third down back? That is Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard. Rex Hilliard is somebody else. Dontrell Hilliard has played a lot in recent weeks. 40% of the snaps, I believe, you've on the field for uh, over the past few weeks. And almost every third down, Nick Chubb was out. And it was very clear that's going to be Kareem Hunt's role. My hope was that was going to be his only role. But asked today about Nick Chubb and how it's going to be uh, affect him with Cream Hunt taking some away, away some of his snaps. He's like, hey, Nick Chubb's a winner. All he wants to do is win. He'll do what's best for the team. As a Nick Chubb owner, I know you're a big Nick Chubb guy as well. It doesn't exactly inspire much confidence in me. Are you nervous about Nick Chubb and his workload going forward? Yeah, I'm definitely nervous, and I'm nervous because he plays in the Cleveland Browns, and they don't seem real interested in winning football games. In what world would you, as a coach, replace Nick Chubb with Dante Hilliard for anything other than for him to catch his breath? It doesn't make any sense. Chubb is by far the superior running back, by far the superior athlete. He's just as good as a pass catcher as Hilliard is. Um, and now Hunt coming in, uh, I think he's a good player. I think uh, I don't think he's as good as, as everyone thinks. I think that was more of an Andy Reid system. I mean, we saw Daryl Williams, uh, you know, a no-name undrafted guy, come in and, and, and look really good in the Andy Reid offense. That's what he does. He makes running backs into superstars. So we'll see. Um, but I'm worried. I, I do think that it will be a split because, you know, they, they 
you know, th- that's a risk uh, for any professional organization to take a guy like that on the team with that kind of press and stuff. You know, we don't really know, you know, like, you know, this, that or the other. But the truth is, is, is it's a PR nightmare to have someone like that on your roster and on your team. And uh, and they went for it. So he's going to probably play. He's going to touch the ball. Obviously, he's better than Hilliard is. So, yeah, it's scary as a Nick Chubb owner. And, and it shouldn't be. It doesn't make any sense. Nick Chubb is an absolute stud. Anytime he's got the work, he's proven that he's a stud. So they're uh, Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns. Let's all be sad. Admittedly, I, I, the more you see of Nick Chubb, the, the more nervous I get because – Next time he fumbles, they don't have to. They don't have to just go back to him. Like we saw him fumble twice two weeks ago, and yeah. they went back to him, and he still had over 100 yards. And he was awesome. But if he does that next time, it could be Kareem Hunt the entire game, as we saw in Kansas City with Damian Williams the entire game, and the next two games really without Lashawn McCoy, given his fumbling problems. I'm nervous, Frank. Yeah, and I think that you should be. Over the past two weeks, Nick Chubb has played 63% and 60% of the snaps. So Dontrell Hilliard, not Rex Hilliard. I looked up Rex Hilliard while. Uh, EY was talking, and yeah. I found out that he is a bus driver, according to LinkedIn. So I couldn't really find anything else other than that. But Rex Hilliard, the bus driver, um, <laughs> was taking snaps away from... I was thinking of Lex Hilliard. Lex Hilliard uh, was taking snaps away nice. from Nick Chubb. Um, and I think it's a good point. Look, Greg, you brought this you up before the Lex Hilliard season. is a running back and last played <laughs> the New York Jets in 2013. Lex Hilliard, gotta love that guy. Uh, but I thought it was a really good point that you brought up before the season, Greg, yeah. that... The Browns did not take this PR hit to sign Kareem Hunt because they weren't going to use him. And we all knew that this was coming. We all knew that week 10, we circled it on our calendars. All right, well, you know, how is Nick Chubb going to be looking by the time we get to week 10? How much is Kareem Hunt going to be used in this offense? And we have a few quotes from earlier today. You know, Freddie Kitchens said, Nick is about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning. Well, he hasn't been doing much of that with the Cleveland Browns. I don't think either one of those two are selfish at all. That's kind of telling. You know, I I think that they're going to try and find ways to get Kareem Hunt involved. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler also had this to say, Greg, that the Browns have, quote, big plans for Kareem Hunt. A lot of people are asking what they should be doing with Nick Chubb, Greg. And we actually brought this up last week or two weeks ago. We said it never hurts to float your players out there and just see what you can get in return. Somebody tweeted me yesterday, Drink, and asked, would you trade Leonard Fournette? Would you trade Nick Chubb to get Leonard Fournette in a full PPR league? And I said yes because as of now, Nick Chubb is the RB5 overall. Leonard Fournette is RB7. Leonard Fournette has only scored one touchdown on the season and is used way more in the past game than Nick Chubb. So just float your players out there and see what you can get in return. If you really are worried about Kareem Hunt and other people are not paying attention, you can likely still get a top six, seven, eight running back for Nick Chubb. You're that worried about it. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Chubb, if you are petrified, and I, I listen, I threw an offer out trying to go get Dalvin Cook for Nick Chubb earlier today. Like, it's fair. Nick Chubb for Dalvin Cook? Right? It's kind of a similar thing. Right? No, it's not really fair. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't just, it wasn't straight up. I, okay. I threw in Golden Tate as well. Oh, the old Frank two for one. You gotta love that, Greg. The old switcheroo. You give uh, you give two worst players for the best player. That is known as a uh, Frank two for one. They don't happen very often. He he did not respond to my request. He's probably not going to, Greg. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, last piece of news before we get to the waiver wire from this weekend. It's AJ Green, EY. He said he was ready. The coaches said he was ready. He was gonna play this Sunday, make his debut in Week Ten. He did not practice today, coming out of the bye. Is AJ Green ever going to play again for the Cincinnati Bengals? 
I mean, I think it is a weird situation. Like, I don't know how badly a wide receiver would want to play with Andy Dalton, and I'm definitely not sure one wants to come back to play with Finley. So uh, they have looked bad. A team that, like, the first week it looked like, oh, man, this is a really cool offense, and, like, they're probably not going to win a bunch of games, but they're going to score a bunch of points. John Ross and A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert and uh, Uzama. And, like, there's all these players, Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. And now it's it's a wasteland. It's an absolute wasteland. And if you're AJ Green, do you want to play on the Cincinnati Bengals? I mean, he's going into free agency, right? Like, it's probably not the best way to to show your most recent work is playing for that team right now. Yeah, Greg, and I brought this up earlier in the season. Kind of a bold proclamation. This was early on, you know, the first month of the year. I said, I don't think A.J. Green plays another game with the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought that they were going to trade him at the deadline. We all know that he's going to be a free agent. Is he going to want to go back to Cincinnati? Not a chance. Where Ryan Finley might be the starting quarterback next year or they're playing with a rookie quarterback next year. We know that it's not going to be Andy Dalton. So it's a weird situation. You know, how hurt is he actually? Does he just not want to play for this team? It's just... It's odd all around, and and this is another reminder that for all fantasy sports, not just fantasy football, that injury optimism is often misled, Greg. Like, we we try to be injury optimistic throughout draft season. Oh, well, it's the fifth, sixth round. You know, A.J. Green, we know what kind of talent he is. He can return second, third round value. You know, he's only going to miss two or three weeks, and here we are in week 10, and the guy is still not practicing. So whether it's injury optimism, uh, whatever's going on behind the scenes, he doesn't want to play for the Bengals. I don't know if he's going to play, and I don't really know if you can do anything else about it because if your other league mates are paying attention, nobody is going to want to trade for A.J. Green. But if they're not, if you can find one of those donators, as EY likes to call them, now is the time to trade A.J. Green. I had a few people tweeting me last night that they could have traded A.J. Green for a Jordan Howard, a Ronald Jones. Jordan Howard, RB15 on the season. Who would have thunk it? It's crazy. Nuts. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. How'd the waiver wire go? We'll let you know when we return. BFFs, rock on after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Dunk on your NBA GFS competition using DailyRotor.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRotor.com optimizer, the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. It won Ricky Sanders $100,000 last night. It could also win you $100,000. All you got to do is follow the projections, get a lot of alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and more. You know, Frank, Ricky Sanders did all of this last night. He was in charge of writing all these updates, all the uh, up-to-the-minute lineup changes, um, changing the projections. He was in charge of that, and he still won $100,000. Good feeling. It's a great feeling. So when we're telling you to go check out the Daily Roto NBA Optimizer, we're not just making it up because it worked for Ricky Sanders. If you follow him on Twitter, you saw he had the 100K payout last night. Greg, I played NBA DFS last night. Did you know 100K? No. No. Did you know? <laughs> so this, has, this actually isn't public knowledge. By the way, promo code is dunk, slash dunk. 10% off NBA DFS winning advice. Uh, com slash dunk millionaires are made. So Drew texted me and he goes, the Jews don't eat bacon, huh? 
That's a, a weird thing to text somebody. He sends me a picture of his lineup. And it was, he came in 11th last night. Won $750. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Dwayne Bacon had minus one point. Oh, no. He came in 11th still. He still won almost $1,000. What? Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. He would have gotten just like a normal like 20 spot for something. Oh, gosh. The old Dwayne Bacon, Greg. Can't trust him. You can't trust him at all. Can't trust many of those Hornets. Can't trust Devontae Graham. My man. Our man. Let go. Beast. All right. Let's get into the waiver wire or the NFL. And, EY, I'm going to start with you. You weren't on the show yesterday. You had some NHL business to attend to. You can follow EY on Twitter for some more information on that. But we're all about the Miami Dolphins. And in particular, your boy, Devontae Parker. And now there's a lot of talk about Mike Kosecki. I've gotten, I've gotten questions. I, I'm happy his mic's not on for this. Um, can you start this week in the same lineup, Devontae Parker and Mike Kosecki? 100% you can do this. Uh, I'm actually looking at my uh, NXT league, and I'll be doing just such in, uh, in there. Tight end is a wasteland. Gusecki showed up. That's the guy that I think a lot of people, when he first came out, thought he was. Terrible rookie year, um, but showed up in a big way. Preston Williams is out. Devontae Parker will be the number one wide receiver. Fitzmagic will be sprinkling the, the, the Fitzy dust all over the ball and whipping it all over the place. Pretty pumped, man. Pretty pumped for the Dolphins. That sounds so gross. <laughs> I actually agree with Eli. I think both are in a good spot this week. They need to throw the ball to somebody. This is not a good Miami Dolphins team. They also lost Mark Walton. Talk a little bit about more of that in a second with EY, who bid a substantial amount on Kalen Balazs, so we'll get his thoughts. But ultimately, they've got to throw the ball. They play from behind often, and the Colts give up a ton of fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I believe it's the seventh most. They just gave up a touchdown to Vance McDonald last week. Mike Gusecki's athletic profile is amazing, and they're losing Preston Williams, who over the past, since Ryan Fitzpatrick has become a starter, was seeing 23% of the target share. So they need targets to go to somebody. I think those two somebodies are going to be Devontae Parker and Mike Isecki. Take 10 weeks, but hey, EY finally right. The tight end whisperer, EY. First it was Will Disley, now it's Mike Isecki. No, 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 no. <laughs> it did not go that smoothly. Uh-oh. This past Sunday, no. we get the text from EY from Saudi Arabia, and he's like, should yep. I start Dawson Knox? I'm like, I'm like, dude, what are we doing? He's like, I got a feeling. I'm like, go with your feeling, man. It almost worked out. All of a sudden, Dawson Knox falls in the end zone. Yep. And I almost start, like, crying of laughter. And it's like, oh, my God. He actually got this right. And thankfully for me, it's called back. So I don't feel like crap for telling Eric not to start Dawson Knox. And then he didn't do anything as expected. Uh, well, I would not say thankfully for you, Greg, because personally, I am rooting for my BFF, Eric Young. We're all BFFs. I don't want to get the answer wrong. Yeah, but I, I want EY to win, so obviously I was rooting for Dawson Knox. I believe that I gave you a different option other than Dawson Knox as well, so. Sorry. It's fine. I don't know if it ended up working out for you in the end, EY. You ended up going with Dawson Knox, right? No. No, I uh, I went with, um, oh, God, who did I play? I can't remember now. I can look it up. I who, we all were in consensus. Was consensus. it, was it uh, Jack well, I, Doyle? I had, no. No, it wasn't Jack Doyle. I, I'm almost there. It wasn't there. Cameron Bray. TJ Hawkins. Was it Greg Olson? It was the Hawk. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, that's who I played. Yeah. I don't think that worked out and either. Another masterful performance by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, it's not a singular event for someone not having a good tight end any week. So it's uh, 
I'm just like everybody else, except for whoever had Zach Ertz. No, Hawk, three for 56 on seven targets? Not bad. Not it's a bad fine. performance by any means. So Probably probably, probably a top 10 tight end. Probably a top 10 tight end. EY, last night we saw you in the pit league spend $21 on Kalen Balazs. We know that you're a fan of Mike Gusecki. We know that you're a fan of Devontae Parker. What led you to bid this much money on Kalen Balazs? Was it just you're in the bye week blues? Do you actually think that he's going to be useful? Because on the season, EY, he's averaging 2.0 yards per carry. Um, for me, I feel like it's uh, probably I just got a lot of so- sand in my brain from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, I don't – I honestly don't re- – okay, so, like, I didn't sleep for almost 40 hours. Um it was in a bit of a stressful situation, and I really don't remember putting in 21. I think I might have went to put one, and then I changed my mind to, no, someone else will bid one. I'm going to get him because he's a starting running back and put two, and then ended up being 21. Um, I don't know if that's what happened, but I I don't think I've ever sent a kind word about Kellen Blush ever on the show or anywhere on the planet, uh, and I definitely did not mean to bid $21. But now I'm uh, on Miami Dolphins heavy on a winning team in our experts league. So, so I, I'm, I'm back from walking in front of the seven camera. and two, though. seven and two join, join the bandwagon EY, because I am now a proud member of the New York, the New York of the Miami dolphins fan base. And I love the way that this organization is trending right now after beating that terrible New York jets team last week. EY, what uh, Greg, what you missed was yeah. EY meant to bid $2 on Caleb Balazs and he bid tw- 21. You know, it's interesting in my, in one of my home leagues, Caleb Balazs went for a lot of money. And the dude that texted me is like, why did no one else get been on Caleb? I've been like five bucks on him, and somebody else been after you crushed me for recommending him. Right, good and, job, Greg. Well, I, I don't have Love a, it. I don't have a running back this week. They're, they're uh, bye weeks, you know. Some people would not call Kalen Blas a running back. Right. So I bid five dollars, thinking fine, it's five bucks, no big deal. So Balaj winds up going for where is this thing? It's hilarious. I gotta find it. Balaj winds up going. Was it more than twenty one dollars, Greg? It was 18. 18. So we're not far off. So it was $18, $18 in your home league, $21 for EY. If you're bidding tonight, do not spend either of those amounts on Caleb. So he bids, eight, he bids $18. And he texts me this morning. And he goes, Why did no one else bid on Caleb Balaj? Like, I don't understand. I was like, Well, Caleb Balaj sucks. He's like, Oh. Is this the new Lamar Miller? I, did, I didn't know that. Greggy, do, do you have a new Lamar Miller? No, because the thing with Lamar Miller is people think Lamar Miller is good. <laughs> Caleb Balazs, everybody knows he's terrible. Hey, there were a few people drafting Caleb Balazs coming into the fantasy football season, so somebody thought he was good. Somebody did come up to me. Uh, oh, he also, I also, I also am in last, uh, second last place in this league, but he was awful. He's the worst team ever. And I'm still trying to play, right? I can pick it up people. Join the club. I'm trying to trade for keepers in my home league. So also terrible team. Evan Evan Ingram is my tight end. So I spent four bucks and picked up Mike Kosecki. Fine. I got him for $4 in my home league, too. Let's on, go. On the same wavelength. BFF Simpatico. So the same person texted me. He's like, why did you pick up Mike Kosecki? Like, I needed him as my tight end. I was like, well, I'm trying to win. He's like, but you have no chance of winning. I was like, well, my goal is still to win. So I'm. You I, play I, to win the game. So he's like, Even fantasy games. His response was That's it. lame. I'm like, all right, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry I'm trying to win in fantasy football. I'm not giving you a free I'm ride. I'm here. trying to help, uh, help everybody else, right? Uh, I thought that this was a good lesson, though, based on what EY was just telling us. Don't, you know, maybe don't submit your bids when you're sleep deprived. You know, you got to pay attention here. A couple of weeks ago in our fantasy basketball league that I share with Greg Sussman, yeah, yo. I accidentally dropped. Oh, now he admits it. Colin Sexton. Now he admits it. No, no, no. It. I mean, I, I didn't mean to by any means. I, like, I'm 
I was 90% sure that I clicked on another player's t- uh, name. But I dropped Colin Sexton. Luckily, Commissioner helped us out here. But pay attention when you're setting up your bids, especially when you have a lot of those backup bids going on. Uh, but, yeah, don't spend that much money on Kalen Balazs. Anywhere from, look, if you're desperate, the 5 maybe 6% that Greg was on, but nothing more than that. Greg, Miles Gaskin went for $5 in my home league to Michael Florio, a former BFF. He's not a former. He's forever. He's forever. Yeah, I know. Other people have called us out for that. It's kind of contradictory. But yeah. he's not here on the show. No. Certainly so not. he's certainly a former BFF to me. I need on the show, either, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So can we move on from the Dolphins, please? Sure. All right, let's move on. Um... Is there anybody else that went for a lot of money in your league? Let's maybe just go there. No, not really. I, I wanted to mention that in my Superflex home league, Brandon Allen and Brian Hoyer went for $2, $2 each. So if you're wondering how much players like that of that caliber go for in a Superflex league, and that's how much they went for. Kickers, if they were dropped in your league, Will Lutz went for $4 in my home league. Matt Gay went for $3. I got Mike Gusecki for 4 bucks, As I mentioned, EY got him for $0 in the pit league. Uh, we got Josh Reynolds for $2 in the pit league as what well, up? Greg. And then a few defensive streams going for over 5% of the budget with the Ravens defense and the Giants defense. Big boy, The big bid in my league was for Ty Montgomery went for $29. Well, they should have known that it's Bilal Powell, Greg. The other big bid was uh, Kalen Balaj at 16. That's another league, 16 and 18. Um, Hunter Renfro went for 5 yeah, Hunter Renfro went for, I believe, $3 in my home league as well. My dad beat me out. I had a $1 bid on Hunter Renfro. Don! Don picked him up for 3 bucks. I like Hunter Renfro. The way he's playing over the past two weeks leads the Raiders in target share. And I think he fits their offense well, what they're trying to do. They have Tyrell Williams, down the field threat, a red zone threat. They have Darren Waller, who can really do it, do it all. And then you have Hunter Renfro, who's that gritty, hardworking, slot receiver with good hands, good route running. Eight years in college. I'm not surprised that he's now performing at the NFL level, Greg. Sure, I'm sure not. All right, well, we're going to come back. We are going to look at who sucks, and we know it. I have some other buy-low candidates and sell highs if we can try and get to those. Uh, that's, in the plan, that's in the plan as well. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. We're going to do it all. You'll try. We have 15 minutes to do it, and we're going to make it happen here on the BFFs. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. According to Tom Villasero and Tyler Dragon, A.J. Green's ankle didn't feel right today. And that's why he didn't practice. He went inside after the walkthrough, got some treatment, and is now, quote, day-to-day. Yeah, I just saw that same update, Greg. And, again, just goes back to the injury optimism that we had for A.J. Green coming into the season. If you could try and trade him now before other people in your league start to notice what's going on with A.J. Green, you should try to do so, but... It's likely not going to happen. I would. You've said this a long time. I'd be shocked if AJ Green plays another game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. You're 100% right with that. All right. It's that time of the week. You want to take advantage of your league mates? We're going to help. 
Because you suck, and we know it. The BFFs presents You Suck, and We Know It. Does it just suck being you? You do, in fact, suck. We know it. And it's time to take advantage. There are six teams on a bye this week. So, EY, who are you trying to take advantage of and acquire here this week? Uh, I think uh, Miles Sanders is somebody that uh, I thought would have showed up a little bit earlier than he has now. Jordan Howard is, is obviously more effective than, than most everyone thought he was going to be, but I still believe that this at some point will be Miles Sanders' uh, uh, team. He's still catching balls. Uh, I know that Darren Sproles is back, but he's been basically ineffective. They're on a bye. He's coming off not a super productive week. You might be able to go out and get him for next to nothing. So, and I would do it. Miles Sanders was somebody you were trying to, I believe this morning, not acquire, right? You were trying to trade him away for somebody? You had this conversation? No, it wasn't me. I, I did not try to acquire, nor did I try to trade away Miles Sanders. I don't have him on any of my teams, but I'm interested in Miles Sanders as well. He's running a ton of routes. They're using him as that pass-catching running back. I know that Jordan Howard does not have the best hands. Jordan Howard... It's actually playing really well right now. So I don't know that Miles Sanders is ever going to take over as that starting running back getting, you know, 15-plus touches per game like we all thought was going to happen at some point this season. But I do think that he can have a role on this team because, Greg, they need pass catchers right now. I mean, the Eagles are all banged up. Deshaun Jackson goes on IR. Alshon Jeffrey is banged up. They do have the tight ends. They just saw, uh, signed Jordan Matthews today as well. But ultimately, they need someone to catch the ball that somebody might be Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, we I've talked about since early this season as somebody that could win you a league at some point. He's going to go off, I'm telling you, during the fantasy playoffs. So maybe you is right. You want to acquire him from somebody that can't afford to have him on a buy. Frank, who's someone that you want to target this week? Yeah, I have two names that I'm looking at. I'll start off with Duke Johnson with the Houston Texans. At least four targets in each of the past four games for the Texans, a 13% target share over that span. He has a touchdown in three of the last four games as well. He's actually been a talented runner so far this year as well. He's always been a talented runner. I don't understand why he doesn't get more work. Carlos Hyde has actually performed well. That's probably the reason why. But ultimately, I tweeted this out earlier. Drink, your leaders in yards after contact per attempt this season, Greg. Duke Johnson is third in the NFL among running backs behind only Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette, just ahead of Josh Jacobs, Latavius Murray, and Nick Chubb. So he is someone that can actually take some contact, run between the tackles. I wish that he would get more work, but ultimately the targets have been up, and he's starting to score touchdowns as well. He had a goal line touchdown last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The other name that I'm looking at, Craig, that I think that you can get for really cheap right now, because people haven't really put two and two together yet, is D.D. Westbrook. And I, I brought this up Makes the other sense. day Makes when we were doing the, the waiver wire show, if he was available on your waiver wire, Try and pick him up, but I think he's owned. You can get both of these players for dirt cheap right now, and I think that they can have value. Remember, D.D. Westbrook, someone that was going all the way up until the sixth, seventh round of fantasy football drafts during the summer because Nick Foles likes to target the slot receiver. We know that D.J. Chark is going to play on the outside. Chris Conley going to play on the other side. D.J. Chark is going to run those slot routes, and he should have a pretty good rapport with Nick Foles. I think now's the time to get him, Greg. You can get him for super cheap. All right, so those are a couple of guys that Frank really likes. For me, 
I'm going to look at the New England Patriots, and I'm going to look at Mohamed Sanu, who I know, EY, you like as well. Um, but Mohamed Sanu, the New England Patriots have been trying to find somebody else for Tom Brady to throw it to other than Julian Edelman. They, and Josh Gordon didn't work, and Antonio Brown didn't work for their own reasons. Philip Dorsett has not been the same since he was in week one. So it's literally Brady and Edelman, and he's got to throw it to somebody else. If last week was any indication... Somebody else very well may be Mohamed Sanu because those targets were obviously up. He was targeted all over the field. He's a perfect type of Bill Belichick player, right? Like, he went to Rutgers, which we know Belichick loves. He's a gadget player. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He could block for the running back. He's uh, someone that could play every single snap. Ten receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown in his first full game with the New England Patriots. I'm not saying it's sustainable, but listen, Mohamed Sanu is not going to cost you all that much, especially if someone's desperately trying to get in the playoffs. If you can just train him a player for this week to go get Sanu, this seems like, out of all the players we're talking about, probably the easiest to get and maybe the biggest dividends. And I think this monster game that he just had, was it kind of flew under the radar, huh, Greg? Because yeah. everyone was talking about Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson yeah. and the Ravens winning this game and, oh, what happened to the New England Patriots defense? And all the while... Mohamed Sanu just flying under the radar. He has 14 targets, 10 receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. He's one of those players that the Patriots like where he can run those short to intermediate routes. He has good hands, and I think that they're going to make the most of him. They're trying to find ways to make this offense better. They haven't really been able to run the ball effectively this season, so I think that we continue to see a lot of targets from both Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu. I like this call a lot. I know that you were on him. I know that EY likes Mohamed Sanu. As well, they gave up a second-round pick for this guy, Greg. You know that they're going to get him involved. Absolutely. This was not giving up nothing for Mohamed Sanu. They gave up a second-round pick. We just talked before about Kareem Hunt and the PR hit and the money they gave him not to just sit on the bench. Same with Mohamed Sanu. He's quickly going to become the number two wide receiver in this offense after Julian Edelman, Eric. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was definitely on my list. Uh, I just feel like Mohamed Sanu is... I mean, you feel like he should have been playing on the Patriots all along. He's one of the players that it totally makes sense with Belichick, um, with with Edelman on the field as well. Like, I mean, you know, pick your poison with them. Um, and and it's, a, it's a big get for, for the New England Patriots and a guy that's going to obviously fitting in right away. Greg, I don't know if you'd be able to pull this off, but would you trade away your Robert Woods to acquire Mohamed Sanu right now? Do you think that's realistic, something that you can pull off here with Robert Woods com- coming out of the bye? Huh. That's really interesting. It's interesting, right? I think if you're sitting pretty and you have Robert Woods on your team to try and acquire him from a team that might be struggling and has to sure. want to buy, sure. I would try it. Throw Robert Woods out there for Mohamed Sanu. Do you rather have Sanu? It's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. I think I would try to do the same thing with Tyrell Williams, too, if you can. That's really, really interesting. Um, I think, I think we should, I think we should view Mohamed Sanu as a high-end wide receiver three in PPR leagues. Okay, I guess it makes sense. The Rams this week in Pittsburgh. That's a tough game. What, what's the spread in that game? I have not seen the spread up. in that game yet, but I would imagine it's in Pittsburgh. pretty close here. Uh, without seeing it, I will say, I will say that the Rams are one-point favorites. Three and a half. Three and a half. Love the Steelers. Wow. I mean, the Steelers' defense is playing well. You, you, you wouldn't have thought so after seeing what they did last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Brian Hoyer threw for three touchdowns. But they were prepping for Jacoby Brissett, and, and we've seen this before, where a backup QB comes in. Sure. They weren't ready for that guy, and, and he performs well. But for the most part, the Steelers' defense, and specifically their secondary, has played really, really well really since they acquired well. Minka Fitzpatrick. Steelers plus 162 on the money line. 
I guess the Rams have had two weeks to prep for them, and you know if they fall behind, Mason Rudolph, not really a great quarterback. The whole you know James Conner situation up in the air, but still, that seems like too many points. Three and a half seems like too many. So many points, man. So many yeah. points. All right. Um, well, other guys I wanted to at least mention with New England. I had to drop Nikhil Harry. I talked about this yesterday on the show. Uh, I needed the roster spot, so I dropped Nikhil Harry. If by the end of the week you have another waiver run, you don't need him, pick him up because that doesn't cost you anything. He's out there. Well, who knows when he will be. We just talked all this high praise on Hobbit's new. Maybe Harry's the guy the second half of the year. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, it's a rookie coming into the New England Patriots. You know, he's had a long time to learn the system. Hopefully he has at this point. We've seen other talented players come in and not be able to learn the system. So uh, we'll see what we can get out of Nikhil Harry. I agree. I mean, if you can pick him up and stash him, that's fine. But I'm not really dropping anybody of value to pick up Nikhil Harry. Alrighty. Last one I had on my list. And it's really interesting. So, Eli, I wanted to ask you about this. Portland Sutton, who's been really, really good. He's on a bye this week. Plays in a bad offense. It doesn't want to throw the ball with a quarterback situation that's very confusing and just not very good. What do you give up to go get Cortland Sutton right now? Oh, geez. It looks like, I mean, Flacco looks like he's going to miss some some game sometime and, and maybe not come back at all. They did. The offense looked better uh, with the third Allen or whatever you want to call him. Um Sutton's at number one. I think he's proved that year he's the number one receiver on that team. I think they didn't have a problem getting rid of Emmanuel Sanders because Sutton took such a big step forward this year. Something I think that we talked about and something I, I thought would happen is Sutton taking a step forward. But the reality is, like you said, they, they don't they just don't want to throw the ball. It's too much of a liability. They have two really good running backs, um, and uh, he's just not going to have a bunch of volume. Giving up maybe someone like uh, – I mean, maybe like a Kenyon Drake that has massive week, but, you know, David Johnson coming back possibly will, will affect Drake's uh, volume, obviously, in, in his production. So that, that might be something you could do. Yeah, I think that makes you guys sense. agree? I don't know. That's what that... I think that makes sense trying to sell high on a Kenyon Drake right now after last week played 84% of the snaps, 162 total yards, had the touchdown. David Johnson might be back this week. He's currently questionable, but at some point, Chase Edmonds will be back. David Johnson will be back. This team still has a bye in Week 12. They face the 49ers in Week 11 as well. It's a tough matchup against Tampa Bay. I think if you can sell high on Kenyon Drake right now, that's something that you would look into. Trying to acquire Cortland Sutton is a tough one, Greg, because I've been really, really impressed by his jump in talent this year, his skill level in terms of try, uh, winning the contested catch. But I don't know that he's going to be able to maintain that with Brandon Allen as the quarterback. He still just had eight targets. He had a touchdown. He scored with Brandon Allen as the quarterback, but it was against a questionable Browns team and defense. So Cortland Sutton, I I'm kind of wishy-washy on right now. All right, so Cortland Sutton, not nearly as, as all in as some of the other players in the league are. I know, Frank, the couple other players you want to buy right now, you want to buy that aren't necessarily on a buy, you're just buying in general. Yeah, so I'll throw a few names out there. I have one at each position. I like Jameis Winston, 17-plus fantasy points in five of six games. Their defense is not great. They fall behind a lot. They have to throw the ball. I understand everything that comes with Winston in terms of the interceptions and the turnovers and the fumbles lost, but he has the best remaining schedule for opposing quarterbacks. And in week 14, 15, and 16, he has the Colts, the Lions, and the Texans. So definitely interested in Winston. Another one here, Greg, David Montgomery. This isn't really a buy low. I don't know if it's a buy high. I just feel like people are not valuing David Montgomery the way that I am right now, which I think he is a solid RB2. Since that game where he had only two carries, 
Montgomery has 41 carries in each uh, in total over the past two weeks. That's fourth among running backs. Yep. He has 16% of the Bears' target share. That is 10th among running backs over the past two weeks. He's scoring touchdowns. He has three touchdowns or during that span as well. Uh, if I, Greg, and this might be crazy. Sure. If I can trade Todd Gurley away to get David Montgomery, I would do it. I have no issue with that. I would do it sure. right now. So yeah. I, I value David Montgomery very high. DJ Moore, former Maryland Terrapin, Greg, eight-plus targets. In each game since week five, a 29% target share. The only problem for DJ Moore, the touchdowns haven't it's been coming, there. man. Positive progression's coming. And I think that they are coming. The last one is Gerald Everett. I spoke about him yesterday as a waiver wire pickup. But if he's owned by somebody and they don't really value him, he has one of the best remaining schedules. And over the past four or five weeks, he's actually been targeted 20% of the time for the Los Angeles Rams. Show flew by today. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. In Jacksonville where Minshew Mania is over. Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's interesting because after the game in London, Doug Marone said, yeah, I'll probably make a decision like next Sunday or so. It, it, it took him 24 hours and he made his decision. It's Nick Foles time. Yeah, he made that rather quickly. I still think that Gardner Minshew has a role in the NFL, either as a backup or, you know, if other teams come knocking and they want to give Gardner Minshew a shot. We've seen this in the past where backup quarterbacks play well and then they get a shot for another team. Uh, They were talking about that with, I believe it was Nick Mullins last year, Greg. Remember, he was playing well. Ultimately, that didn't come to fruition with him landing with another team. Uh, But we've seen, like, Matt Flynn step up and then he gets the big contract with the Seahawks. So, we'll see. I think that Gardner Minshew is actually a player in the league. He did not look... That way, this past week in London against the Houston Texans had some really errant throws. But you know, outside of those, I mean, 13 touchdowns this year, four interceptions, can make some plays with his legs, which is what you need in the NFL now. You need a quarterback that can move around the pocket, get outside the pocket, and make some plays. He was averaging over 250 passing yards per game. But yeah, Nick Foles is back. And if you play in a super flex league and he's not owned, just go out there and check and make sure that Nick Foles is owned in your super flex leagues. He will be the quarterback coming back after the bye in week 11, which should mean... Good things for D.D. Westbrook, because as you remember, Greg, this was a guy who was climbing up draft boards, crept all the way into the sixth round of some fantasy football drafts during the summer, Greg, and people like that he likes to lean on the slot, and D.D. Westbrook plays mostly in the slot. What does this do for D.J. Chark's value? So I do think that things have changed, obviously, right? We didn't know that D.J. Chark, nobody knew that D.J. Chark, even his biggest fan, would have imagined him being this good this year, and I think that the Jaguars now know that he is a talented NFL player. He's a big body. He can make plays in the red zone. He can get down the field. He can make uh, he can make the contested catch as well. I don't think that he just completely goes away. I think a lot of this offense now flows through just three people. It's going to be Leonard Fournette. It's going to be D.D. Westbrook. And it's going to be D.J. Chark. Chark, I think his value is already starting to come back to life a little bit, um, come back to reality. As we've seen, the targets have come down a little bit. The, t- the touchdowns haven't been there as much recently. So I think he's a... High-end wide receiver three, maybe low-end wide receiver two, but I don't think that Nick Foles is just going to ignore him because it's clear that DJ Chark is very, very talented. Do you drop DJ Chark for the top wide receiver on the waiver wire this week, or on many waiver wires, which is probably Zach Paschal of the Indianapolis Colts? 
Pascal obviously had a good game. T.Y. Hilton not expected to return for a few weeks here. Would you make that move? You know that DJ Shark is on a bye. You know that Nick Foles is back. Would you train in Pascal or DJ Shark? Personally, I would not. I would keep DJ Chark on my team. Again, I think that the talent is real when it comes to him, and Nick Foles is not going to ignore that.